It's Keith McPherson on The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yer. 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 All right. KM to 2 a.m. Your boy KM on The Fan. You heard? Wasn't sure I'd make it today. A little under the weather. Baby is sick, but... We're about to have a bunch of days off, and I wasn't taking tonight off. I've done that in the past, and I, I felt bad about it. I've done that in the past where, like, I wasn't feeling right, and I've, and I've called out almost too early. Uh, man, it's crazy, too, with the, you know, radio. You have to be here physically. You have to be here live. Uh, I remember one time last year, I got sick. I had, like, food poisoning and had to end the show. I remember... Uh, two years ago with COVID, I went to the Nets game, got on the train, and and it was the first time I actually got COVID. And I was like, yo, I'm not feeling right. And Ricky Ricardo ended up stepping in for me. I had to go home. But I'm good. I, I fought through it today, and I'm ready to rock tonight. Speaking of going to the Nets game, there was no way in hell I was going to that Nets game tonight. I know better. I know better. Congrats to the New York Knicks. It's your time, Knicks fans. 877-337-337. 6666. What I mean by it's your time, right? The Knicks hadn't beat the Nets in BC Barclays Center since 2019. The Knicks had lost six in a row in Brooklyn. Now they've won three in a row. And the last two before this one at the Garden. And man, that game was over so fast. What were they up? Like 16 5 or something? I'm like, get the, come on. <laughs> Yo, both teams went on a West Coast trip. And if you're a Nets fan listening, let's start with the Nets perspective. I've, I've already been doing this on Talking Nets podcast. They got to play better. They're searching. They've been hurt all year. The team showed you some things before the West Coast trip, right? On Talking Nets, I've been saying they should have been undefeated in that seven-game stretch, but they lost to Charlotte. They lost to Utah on the West Coast trip. You know, even opening night. They lost that close game where Donovan Mitchell killed us. This net season early on, right, where now the Nets are under 500, this net season early on is a season of wanting more out of a team that you, you really didn't know what to expect. Like, you really didn't know, you know, what they were going to be. Um, me personally, I, I didn't have high hopes for them. I didn't have high expectations for them. They're 13 and 14 now. They're the number nine seed in the East. They're in the play-in. That is my expectation for them. Get into the play But, man, they're struggling, whether it's uh, really it's defensively, but it's also an identity. Who's supposed to be the guy? Who's supposed to be the leading scorer? Mikael Bridges sold because your Villanova boys were out there. I mean, I know it was Villanova Wildcat night in Barclays Center, but uh, come on, Bridges. I mean, Cam Johnson. We were getting on Cam Johnson, I think all Nets fans. He had seven points in the last game. Of course, Cam Johnson, twin, twin, twenty, twin, twin, twin in him. Twin goes off, and uh, it's in a game where the the Knicks had multiple 20-point leads. So what I'm trying to say for the Nets fans and this Nets team right now, they're searching, and it's it's top to bottom, from the owner to the GM to the coach. I know a lot of Nets fans are questioning whether they made the right decision with the coach in Jacques Vaughn. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. But, man, a lot of times nice guys finish last. 
You know, you need a hard-nosed coach. Obviously, he's better than Steve Nash, but, man, there were so many different coaches that moved around and were available. You could have waited a little bit to make your pick, but at the end of the day, you know, this group isn't the group that we expect to win a championship coming off of the fraud group that we did expect to win a championship. You feel me? Like, let's let's go back, and I don't I don't even have to bring their names up. But the superstars that we had in Brooklyn, that whole run where the Brooklyn Nets were beating the Knicks three years in a row, <clears throat> game after game after game after game, that was personal. That was some type of rivalry. That was, for the Brooklyn Nets fans, the uprising of like, okay, we are here now. This Nets world has been built. But let's talk about the Knicks side of things now. You know, the Knicks fan felt some type of way when they were shunned by the superstars that chose Brooklyn. And the Knicks fan, who has never respected the Brooklyn Nets, formerly known as the New Jersey Nets that came to Brooklyn, the, the Knicks fan had looked at the Nets as a Fugazi squad, a fraudulent franchise. And then when the superstars came there and shunned them, didn't want to play in the garden, it was like, oh, well, they don't have any fans. And, you know, those guys want to duck the spotlight and they can't do it over here. And, well, you got to laugh about, a, you know, not not a year ago, but you got to laugh when the trade deadline hit last year because then that whole thing got blown up. Trades get requested, and you were laughing before that with the whole uh, vaccination policy, uh, with, with guys being hurt. You know, it was like doomsday over there in Brooklyn. It was like too good to be true. It could never actually connect for the Brooklyn Nets. All hype. After all is said and done, more is said than done. So, you know, now for the Knicks fan... It's like, yeah, go New York, go New York, go. The best players in New York play for the Knicks. You have the better coach and you have the better team. T-E-A-M. Better team. Star players, too. You do have all-stars. You do have Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle. But overall, you have a team. Like, early on in that game, Hartenstein gets knocked out. And what's going on right now with the Knicks? Right, The Knicks are down Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks are down Jericho Sims. They lose Isaiah Hartenstein. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. Julius Randle was bullying Nick Claxton. Right, they just The Nets, at some point like in the game, I was hoping that they found some pride or some type of energy in this rivalry, but it was never a contest. Delaware Jordan knew what time it was. Dante DiVincenzo's first time playing in this rivalry, he came to play. No, he's not a New York, New Jersey guy, but Delahue, Delaware is not far from here. He knew what to do out there. He had 23 tonight. Hit five threes. Julius Randle with 26. Brunson, <laughs> Brunson with a nice little 16. Didn't have to, didn't really have to break too much of a sweat. You get 19 from IQ. Shout out to IQ. For missing those free throws so the Brooklyn Nets could get their free fries at McDonald's. That's the only bright spot. <laughs> you know, because for the Nets, they're searching. And it, it's it's a joke. It's laughable. And and the Knicks fans get the last laugh right now. 877-337-6666. Enjoy it, Knicks fans. Right? I'm a Nets fan. And there's no trolling anymore. There's no laughing anymore. There's no aha anymore for the Nets fan right now. At 13 and 14, 8 and 6 at home, having beat the Knicks in three straight, those days are done. Those days are done. It's back to a Knicks town if it never, you know, if it ever changed, if it never wasn't. 
you know, the national spotlight hit the Brooklyn Nets, and I feel like, you know, the Nets were on every NBA tape today, uh, you know, FS1, ESPN, while we had the biggest names in basketball over here. But the Knicks kind of just waited and, you know, put their little squad together, got the right players, got the, the right unit together, and I can't hate on it. When I'm looking at this game, let's look at some team stats right now, just just for S's and giggles. It's a make-or-miss league. Good grief, the Nets missed a lot of shots. And not just tonight. Going back, I watched some of these West Coast games of the Brooklyn Nets, right? The, the Brooklyn Nets went 1-4 on their West Coast trip. They beat KD and Brad Beal and Devin Booker the first night that the Big Three played together. That was a week ago. They haven't won a game since. That was their Super Bowl. That was their that was their uh, in-season tournament championship. They go on to lose to the Nuggets, second half of a back-to-back, whatever. Then they let Steph do what he does. They lose to the Warriors. They lose to the Jazz. And the Knicks were just on the road, too. But they split their road trip. And even though they're down, even though they're missing some guys, crucial guys, starters, depth pieces, right? Yeah, the, the, the Nets are missing Lonnie Walker and Dennis Smith Jr., but come on. You know, let's look at the team stats. Field goal percentage, the net shot 36%. You're not going to win like that. You're not going to win like that. And, I mean, the the Knicks shot 46%, but it was like there were runs in the game where it just, you, even when the Nets brought it within 10 or whatever, you knew that they, that they they couldn't compete with these guys. The Knicks shot better from three. They hit more of their free throws. They had a better free throw percentage. Out-rebounded the Nets. Assists, whatever. One more assist for the Brooklyn Nets. More steals. Same amount of turnovers. Fast break points. I mean, I I think this number is lying. Because during the game, you can see it. 21 fast break points for the Knicks. 16 for the Nets. It feels like there should be more disparity there. Points in the paint. 52. Don't matter if you knock out their uh, third center to get hurt. In a matter of weeks. Largest lead of the night was 25. The New York Knicks beat the Brooklyn Nets 121-102. And I'm looking at the Nets like, bro, what is this? I don't know what to expect from this team. I don't know who the guy is, who the guy's supposed to be. The narratives around the Nets are when Cam Thomas goes off for 30 points, they lose. Cam Thomas has 20 points, but he was a minus 25. Defense? I mean, come on. You're not... (laughs) You're certainly not relying on Cam for his defense. Some ugly numbers. Dinwiddie, minus 27 with 10 points. Claxton, minus 21, getting abused by Julius Randle. Mikael Bridges, selling for his for his Villanova Wildcat boys. Early in that game, he couldn't buy a bucket. He didn't hit a shot till it was 46-40. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is terrible. All that talk about, you know, Knicks and Nets and... They got all the Villanova Wildcats over there and this, that, and the other. Props to the Knicks. Knicks fans, call me up. 877-337-6666. It's literally your time, right? The little brief window that the Brooklyn Nets had of superstars choosing Brooklyn, being in Brooklyn, all the hype, but actually no real results, seven playoff wins through that little window of time. The Nets have been swept and swept and swept and swept out of the playoffs. The bubble Nets were swept by Toronto. Last year's team was swept by the Sixers. The year before that, they were swept by the Celtics. 
Right now, Nets world, we're down tremendous. There's nothing to hold our heads up about. There's nothing to be proud about. There's nothing to stand on. There's nothing to stand on. I'm happy for Dorian Finney-Smith. I think that's a great story about what Mark Cuban did for him and his dad. After almost three decades of being incarcerated, Mark Cuban stepped in to uh, help reunite Dorian Finney-Smith with his father. Dorian Finney-Smith yesterday went down to Virginia to reunite with his dad. I saw somebody on Nets Twitter, I forget who it was, they were like, why is Dorian Finney-Smith DFS not playing so much? I'm like, you know, maybe Jacques Vaughn is being mindful of the trip that he just made and how impactful, uh, you know, that trip was to his life. I'm sure that's a lot on that young man's mind. But DFS still came through with 10 points and did his thing. But if you haven't heard that story, go go look that up. Uh, Mark Cuban, obviously Dorian Finney-Smith, played for the Mavericks. <clears throat> Mark Cuban stepped in and... Um, Help get this man out of jail. Dorian Finney-Smith's uh, father, who had been locked up for 28 years. That's nuts. So that's you know that's a one bright spot. I don't know how you guys feel about the jerseys. The Knicks wearing their classic jerseys make the Nets cause jerseys not look cool at all. But I thought they were cool. Uh, Brian Donnelly, the creator of Cause, was sitting courtside. They didn't... Um, they didn't give him any love, but he was right next to Travis Scott. Travis Scott, little flame. Jacques Webster went viral off that spillage. I saw the chick who's, um, I forget her name from Ted Lasso. I don't watch Ted Lasso, but they showed her and who's in the house was in there. So there were people out there. Spike Lee, obviously. Where was uh, Emma Ratatowski? I don't know. I know Evan says that Knicks fans take over our building. I don't know if that was true tonight, but I'm sure there were let's go Knicks chants. It is what it is. You've heard Brooklyn chants. In the garden, we share the same space. It's not a real rivalry. There's not that much juice to it. But I think uh, on a night like tonight, Knicks fans can can exhale a little bit. Like, all right, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about what, you know, Knicks fans refer to the Nets. And the Nets fans as little bro. You don't have to worry about the trolling. You don't got to worry about uh, the jokes and, you know, feeling like, man, we can't even beat the team that's been around for 11 years in our town. We've been around for damn near 100 the Nets are nothing right now. The Nets are losing right now. That's their fourth loss in a row. The Knicks, in my opinion, are one move away, one superstar player away from competing in the East. They were a playoff team last year. You know, they were this close to potentially knocking off the Heat and going to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And I know last year is last year, but you just heard me say the Nets were swept out of the playoffs last year. So what is Brooklyn right now, right? Before the game, we get an update on who else, right? We talk about superstars in Brooklyn. There's none left. Ben Simmons. Unsubscribe me from all Ben Simmons alerts. I'm good. <laughs> the update, every time you get a Ben Simmons update, it's every two weeks. And the update is like, you know, when you go to Yankee Stadium and there's a rain delay and they, they tell you, we'll give you another update in, in 30 minutes or an hour. <laughs> the updates on... Ben Simmons are every two weeks. We'll give you an update in another two weeks. So Ben Simmons is going to miss at least another two weeks, of course. He's got to enjoy Christmas. He's got to enjoy the new year. And then uh, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. See if he wants to even play basketball in 2024. Keith McPherson on the fan. 87-7, 33-7, 66-66. The New York Knicks 
might not lose to the Brooklyn Nets for a long time. I don't know when the Nets will actually figure out how to beat the Knicks. So Knicks fans, feel good about that. Stand on that. Call me up. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah. I'm all right. Keith McPherson on the fan. We're going to talk sports. We're going to talk about the Knicks and Nets. I'm definitely going to get to the Aaron Rodgers 53-man roster ad for what? Like, come on, bro. This is exactly what I was talking about yesterday with this guy. And we also got to talk about Yashinobu, Yamamoto, and this serious offer that Steve Cohen's going to make. 87-7. 33-7, a 6-6, six six, and two more sixes. The Brooklyn Nets defeated the Knicks nine times in a row. And the Knicks are a third of a way back to matching that. They've won three in a row. Let's see what you guys think about tonight's game. I feel like we haven't talked much basketball on the fan. Uh, I do also want to talk about Seton Hall knocking off UConn. I'll wait later into the night for that. Shout out to the boys over there and Seton Hall. I mean, UConn, Shaheen Holloway. We'll get there. We'll get there. Young Josh is in Passaic. Young Josh, first up on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm all right, man. Pushing through. Yeah, this is rough today, especially that there's no Devils game. There's no NFL game tonight. Why do you say that? Because I'm watching the Nets lose a fourth game in a row, and I'm like, man, I'm glad I picked up hockey. Like, at least I have Nets and Devils games to watch in the winter because these Nets games are back to not being fun. I know just I'm saying specifically tonight, just had to stick this to an out. There were a caller called last night saying, oh, maybe the Nets should, like, have bridges, like, rest for a few games, and I didn't think that made sense, but that's four games in a row we shot. Under 40% in the last two games especially. has been under 25%. So I know he's got his whole streak, but he's the only thing they should do with him because he's just not been good last two games. What do you mean? Like bench him or like he's the guy, you know? You make that trade and you get a piece like that. He's going to start. He's going to play. Um, not bench, but should he rest for a few games? Rest? Nah, they're not going to rest him. Uh, he does not want to break that Iron Man streak. And he's just got to figure it out, man. He's just got to play better. And I hope so, because the only person that played well is it was Cam Johnson. The whole team was just... I mean, what a waste. The, what a waste. for the bench, because in trash time, they got a few plus. The whole team was like minus 20. So man, they knew, they, were, to the next they knew they were cooked. They knew they were cooked first quarter. Like I said, that game was over first quarter. The Knicks came out, and they looked like they were dead ass. They looked like they were serious. They looked like it was a rivalry. They looked like... They wanted to smack the Brooklyn Nets on their home floor and send a message, and they did. And I couldn't tell which was louder, you know, like the Nets PA system when they hit a three, or like the Knicks fans when when the Knicks were out big. Uh, I just couldn't believe what O'Neal did tonight. He was just bad, and he does make some nice three shots with the defenders all over more when he's doing like little spin three. But overall, I don't know, Keith. How do you feel about O'Neal? I mean, like, how do I feel about Royce O'Neal? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Thanks it's for the call, Josh. Tonight. We got to keep it rolling. Appreciate you, Josh. But like, I we're, we're like we can't have the Royce O'Neal conversation. It's like Royce O'Neal is the last of like the Nets. <laughs> what the Nets have going on right now? It's, it's 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 not it's not great. Nate Nate on Staten Island. Nate, are you there? Keith, what's up, man? 
you know, pushing through, man. Got a quick KM to 2 a.m. tonight. There you go. So, listen, here's where my head's at as a Nets fan. There's two kinds of rebuilds, right? There's a passive rebuild and there's an active rebuild. An active rebuild is when your team is winning 10 games. It's a brutal watch. Think of the think of the Yi Jian, however you pronounce his last name, years, right, where they won eight games that season. Uh-huh. Right? That's, that's an active rebuild. A passive rebuild is what we're in right now. The team's competitive. They're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to do much. We don't know that. So we don't know that. They'll be fine to watch. Yeah, but they'll we don't. We can't. Watch. We can't say that they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Right now, they're a play-in team. Uh, we, we got. We got a long season ahead. We don't know anything with the Brooklyn Nets. They're they're in a rebuild though, and like like you're saying, we know that. We know what happened. We know we know that uh, you know Kevin Durant signed an extension to play the next three seasons here, and uh, he quit. This guy is a classic. Um, Homie Hopper. He's got to go join his homies somewhere else. He can't do it on his own. And the Nets were forced to try and figure it out with Ben Simmons and whoever else. Nick Claxton and Cam Johnson and Cam Thomas. And honestly, they won some games early on in this season, but it's really just not good enough. Thanks for the call, Nate. Breaking news. Got to get to this right now. Shams just dropped this bomb. Mitchell Robinson is out for the season. The New York Knicks have applied to the NBA for a disabled player exemption worth $7.8 million as the franchise projects center Mitchell Robinson will miss the rest of the season. So that's a big blow for the New York Knicks. As I'm saying, I think they're one move away. Now you definitely go make a move. But as I'm saying, I think they're one move away getting another star or another player to be able to compete in the East. Uh, you need Mitch Rob. But now, I don't know. I guess you got to go get Embiid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's go to Ryan in Oceanside on the fan. What's up, Ryan? No, nah, you're not kidding, KM. They need uh <laughs> You're like, yeah, actually, Embiid bad, sounds man. like the move. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Knicks are a nice team, man. They're fun to watch. I love my boy Brunson. I love my boy Randall. But... At the end of the day, they can't compete with Boston. They can't compete with Milwaukee, and they can't compete with Philadelphia. I they mean, especially moves. with Mitchell Robinson going down. Yeah, it. yeah. But now, now that Mitchell Robinson goes down, you start really picking up the phones and trying to add some pieces from some other teams. I'm thinking right now, I'm like now you need. Well, another I'm trying big. to think who. who yeah, who's out I'm there? like now you need another yeah. big, and you need an impact big and a big that can score. And Mitchell Robinson's a good player, but he can't score. They need they need like a um uh a Rudy Gobert type player, you know? Like the Minnesota Timberwolves are very underrated. Yeah, I know year, I know you guys love talking about the idea of Carl Anthony Towns, but Minnesota they're not breaking up the, the trio of Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and uh Ant Man Anthony Edwards. They like what they got going on. If you look at Minnesota, they're twenty and six, number one in the Western conference. They're not they're not making no deals like that they're not making any type of trades like that like man that sucks that sucks i guess you know i laughed uh when marco came in here i was like you know i'm telling knicks fans call up stand on it you beat the brooklyn nets that's three in a row but you know there's a couple calls that are just like ah well and then we get the news that mitchell robinson is out so i guess the Knicks fan can't celebrate too much about beating little brother brooklyn i guess the Knicks fan can't pump their chest out too much about uh, a win in barclay center because you lose your starting center, Jericho Sims, I guess, hurry back. 
Uh, you're going to be relying on Isaiah Hartenstein. And, you know, if we're really looking at the East, I mean, you got to deal with Embiid. You got to deal with Giannis. You got to deal with Porzingis. You got to deal, you know what I'm saying? It's um, you know, obviously Tatum and Brown and the rest of the cast of characters, Damian Lillard and Tyrese Maxey. It sucks. I hate those three teams. The Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, and, and the Philadelphia 76ers. I hope none of them come out of the East. I hope no, none of them win a championship. I've got beef with all three of them from the recent history of the Brooklyn Nets. Let's go uh, Orlando Magic. I don't know, man. Ben out in Connecticut. What's up, Ben? You got it. Hey, Keith. How's it going tonight? It's all right, man. I'm pushing through. I'm definitely going to uh, start talking Yamamoto and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, first on the Knicks, uh, one thing I heard in the post game that Wally was saying on the MSG broadcast is he said when he talks to other coaches around the league, the one thing they all say about the Knicks is this team plays harder than any team they see in the league. Like, oh, they have they to. They all say that they, they hate playing the Knicks because of that. Like, they just play hard. Yeah, they don't chill. That's that's a requirement. And Tibbs will keep you on the floor or put you on the bench if you don't follow suit. Yeah, and I kind of like, I mean, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein was talking a little smack and whatever. And, you know, I'm not one of those guys who likes the big talk. But guess what? He went out there and backed it up. Like, he had 10 boards. He was diving on the floor tonight. So, Man, he's it kind of looks like my Knicks wanted it, didn't it? He's a lunch pail guy. He's uh do what's best for the team. He doesn't care that he's only got two points. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to play defense. He's just going to be tough. He's getting hit in the face and, you know. Well, he's got an opportunity right now for the rest of the season to really be the guy where Jericho Sims could come back and it's like, okay, you're second fiddle to to Hart, Hartenstein. I, I mean, good for him. I just think that the the Knicks, before this trade deadline comes up, when's, let's see, when's the NBA trade deadline? If they're serious, it's February 8th, so they've got over two months. If they're serious about making a push this year and getting back into the playoffs and taking it a step further, then they, they got a wheel and deal. Use some of the, that draft capital. Maybe move some of these guys off the bench. Uh, you know, give up a guy and see if you can just mix up the chemistry that you have a little bit to be able to compete with some of these beasts in the East. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, look, the, you know, obviously the bar is low. Like, not only have I never seen the championship, like my dad barely remembers a Knicks championship. So, you know, them being fun is is half the battle, and they have a competitive team. I. Honestly, when I was waiting on hold, I was going to say that the team really is a shot, and then you dropped the bomb about Mitch, and now I'm not so sure. But I'm still happy that they are developing a culture over there. Yeah, they are developing a culture. Thanks for the call, Ben. I'll, I'll say that, right? Like, this is no more of the – remember I used to be like, they are the Boo York Icks. They are the Boo York Icks. Like, they had a culture of just being boo, trash, blowing games – letting everybody else come into the garden and have their best night, just getting beat by double digits and just being a laughing stock, that's done. That's done with number 11. Um, that's done with the the coach that you have. That's done with RJ and Julius Randle and then even the role players. Like I said, DiVincenzo tonight, I, he just knew what time it was, bros. You could just tell when a guy steps on the floor and understands the rivalry, maybe feeds off the fans. He was going in. Him dropping 23 points tonight, 
He's not usually like that, you know. And they add him to the team this year. This is a guy averaging nine points a game. He dropped 23 on the Nets tonight because he knows, oh, Knicks Nets? No KD, no Kyrie? Oh, I said their names. But, yeah, uh, I think the Knicks fan can look at this team right now, 16 and 11, three straight wins against Brooklyn. There's no real rivalry there, no real worry about, oh, the Nets are going to go win more than us or the Nets are going to go further in the playoffs than us or whatever. The city's under new ownership. That's that's not a thing. It might not have ever really been a thing. Depends who you ask. But, yeah, tonight I'm looking at the Nets, and I'm just like, they got to figure it out. They might be one foot into the Christmas break, but they don't get a Christmas break. I don't think they play on Christmas. But you understand what I'm saying. They still got to go to work. So 87-7, 33-7. A 6-6 six six and two more sixes will get you on the show. Let me do the rest of my open here about the other topics. We had to hit Knicks and Nets, of course. But the two main topics of conversation today and tonight are around Yashinobu Yamamoto and this serious offer, right? So Andy Martino reports that Steve Cohen is in the process of making a very serious offer. That didn't happen already? The rest is speculation and misinformation, and there's more of that on this player than I've ever seen on any free agent, frankly, and the teams generally that are dealing with him feel the same way. So that came from Andy Martino. And if you've you've heard me, I've been equating Yashinobu Yamamoto to a, a top thought. You know, Yamamoto's out here. I just read uh, an alert. The Phillies made him an offer. Okay, so the first round of, like, meet and greets, wine and dines, there were no offers? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't there be offers? You know, I just saw Matt Gell put out, the Phillies have made an offer to Yashinobu Yamamoto. They're trying to steal him away from the Mets. I don't think he wants to go to Philly. But, okay, this guy has been doing the meet and greets. Uh, Steve Cohen flew over there. The Yankees flew out to L.A. for the last couple weeks now. This whole month, really. Now we're at the offer stage. Okay, so if we're at the offer stage now, Steve Cohen hadn't made him an offer or hadn't made him a serious offer. I don't think the guy is worth 300 to 350 million. I think that's crazy if he actually does get that. I think there's only one team that actually will do that, which is the Mets, because Steve Cohen can light a $100 bill on fire every minute of his life and it wouldn't change his life. But, man, I'm so over it with this guy, it's kind of souring it, right? Because when you actually think about it, we, we, we're we not familiar with him. I, I do give him and Joel Wolf props because they are marketing this guy so much. Everybody that cares about baseball knows the name Yashinobu Yamamoto. You should be able to pronounce it by now. I hear callers stumble over it all day, even some of our hosts. But since this whole song and dance has gone on with this guy being uh, courted by the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Phillies, the Red Sox, he's the number one name. He's the big fish. He's really just the big domino that we're waiting to fall in this baseball offseason. And this is a problem I have with this baseball offseason. There should be a deadline. This shouldn't go on. But there is actually a deadline for him, right? January 4th is the deadline for him to sign and post as a foreign player. So 
I don't know where we're at with this, but I feel like this is Yamamoto's final hours. And I I feel like Joel Wolf, his agent, who also is the agent of John Carlos Stan, he's no dummy. They're trying to they're trying to play everybody and get the highest offer. And that's what I assumed happened when he went to Steve Cohen's. I, was, I assumed they had an offer then. And I assumed that that day they offered more than they offered in Japan. But I guess they weren't talking numbers. I guess they were just, I don't know, what what, what do you talk about? Like uh, the, the culture, the clubhouse, you talk to the pitching coach, talk about the, the roster, talk about the schedule. The guy can't speak English. I know he has a translator there, but that's a lot to do through a translator. Well, get to the business, get to the numbers. Joel Wolf can speak English. So um, January 4th is the end of the posting window, and Yamamoto will will make a decision by then at the latest. But I think that Joel Wolf will have him make a decision as soon as tonight, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. Otani randomly hit us with an Instagram post on a Saturday. And uh, from what I know, Yamamoto loves his Instagram. I'm not following him yet. If he joins the Yankees, I'll follow him. But maybe he wants to do the same thing. Announce it on his Instagram. Everybody's got to go to his Instagram Follow him and uh, build him up some more and get him to a million followers. He's at uh, 861k. But like, okay, now, now they're they're giving him a serious offer. It should be your final offer. It should be all right. Enough, man. Enough. And I keep equating it to like dating a young lady, and not even a young lady. I've been referring it referring to him as a thought, as a random, as a, a dating app chick that you swipe with. And you don't know anything about her. You've never seen her really uh, until you meet her a couple times and you don't know anything about her. But now she's telling you you need this, 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 and that. Steve Cohen's like, listen, babe, you got you to gotta lock it up with me. You got to block all those other guys. I want to be serious. I want to take things to the next level. Delete all their numbers. Act like you never met them. All right? I want you. I want you here. <laughs> 877-337-6666. Aaron Rodgers, master manipulator. Aaron Rodgers is one of the richest NFL players of all time. Literally, go look up the numbers of the money that he's earned playing NFL football. And Adam Schefter reports that he's on the 53-man roster today. And I said, for why? For what? Even though he won't play, we all know that. It's so he can continue to practice with the team. It's part of his quote-unquote rehab. Well, I said, if he's on the 53, man, this is taking a spot away from a young man that's healthy, that's able, right? Shouldn't you be looking at young players that can help Aaron Rodgers next year, help the team next year, someone from the practice squad? No. What do they do? They cut fullback Nick Bowden. So in waving this guy, the week before Christmas, he's got a wife. He's got a kid, at least one that I know of. Now this guy is out of a job so that Aaron Rodgers can practice. We're talking about practice, not a game. Practice. Aaron Rodgers should pay that man's game check. He should literally pay that man his game check this week as a, as a Christmas gift because he's such a nice guy, such a great teammate, Mr. Jet himself running the show over there. They cut a guy 
waved the guy and told him to leave so that Aaron Rodgers could practice. 877-337-6666. Call me up. Keith McPherson on the fan. BRB. Welcome. Casamigos Big Shot of the Night is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Tonight's Casamigos Big Shot of the Night goes to Delaware Jordan. I think that's a cool nickname. Dante DiVincenzo. How come y'all don't throw up the pinching hands for him? How come you guys don't call him Dante Cutlets? I mean, we did it for Volpe. We did it for Tommy DeVito. (laughs) Dante DiVincenzo drops 23 points. He was a plus 13. This guy added three steals on the night. One assist, eight rebounds, five threes. He went nine of 15. Dante Cutlets. Dante DiVincenzo. Casamigos big shot of the night. It's about to be a Casamigos Christmas. Got my shipment. Got my delivery. Anywho. KM to 2 a.m. Keith McPherson on the fan. Seton Hall defeats number five UConn. Over there at the Rock Prudential Center where the Devils play. I just had Bob Hurley Sr. on. I think a week ago or two weeks ago. And yeah, Dan Hurley and the UConn Huskies. They go over there and take an L. Got got tonight. Seton Hall fans, New Jersey folks, uh, basketball fans. I don't know if you guys peeped any of that. Seton Hall wins 75-60. And man, that's just the kind of win that you need right now. Uh, It makes Seton Hall 1-0 in conference play. They're 8-4 and four overall. That's the Huskies' second loss on the season. But it kind of just shocks your system, wakes you up, and says, hey, hold on. I mean, if you heard me talking, like, December is basketball month. Like, at least in my life, whether you're watching the um, Christmas tournaments in AAU high school, rather, um, to, to these tournament Duke played in Madison Square Garden tonight, like, right across the river, number five, UConn. Gets knocked off by Seton Hall. You love to see it. Shaheen Holloway. You guys know the story from uh, St. Peter's Prep and all that. Goes back to his alma mater, Seton Hall. A good win. Just wanted to give them some love. 87-7, Now we've opened it wide open for calls on Yamamoto and the serious offer that Steve Cohen is making him and yeah, I guess it's got to be super serious. I don't understand that. Like, how serious? What are you going to, like, are you going to send it certified mail? I like this. Aren't all aren't all of these offers serious? It's a lot of money we're talking about. There's a lot riding on this. No, it's because this is a dating game, right? You guys know when you want to settle down and get serious? <laughs> Tom is in North Brunswick. Tom, you're on the fan. Hello, Keith. Uh, I'm a long-time listener. I first time I'm calling. Hey, I want to cool. say something before I start. You have a tremendous show. I love your show. You're great. Thank you. And that's exactly why I'm, you know, eating Dayquil and, uh, you know, <laughs> fighting through my cold all day because I'm like, man, I'm not missing. I'm not missing a show before Christmas when I'm going to be off. Uh, I got yeah. I got people that want to listen and call yeah. in. And thank you for your first call. You're welcome. I used to listen to Steve, Steve Summers all the time. Um, I'm a Mets, Jets, and Knicks fan, so I've been suffering for a long time. Uh, make a quick comment on all three. I'm, I'm, first of all, on the Jets. I'm tired of the dog and pony show. Just wake me up when the Jets play 500. Just, I mean, and Rodgers, 
let me see. He'll probably get hurt in the second series next year. Right. I mean, he's a great quarterback, but. And Tom, why are we uh, having him practice? What if there's an accident in practice? I know. I know. And and, and as you said, he's taking a roster spot away from some young football players trying to make make it. Some guy now is Uh, not getting a game check against the commanders. He's getting a practice squad check. He's got a wife and kid. What are we doing? It's a circus. Yep. Uh, one quick thing on the, uh, and then I'll get to the Knicks on the Mets. Um, look, I know they want Yamamoto, but I, he, and I, he'll probably be great, but he hasn't pay, pitched one pitch in the major league. If I were the Mets, I would go after Montgomery. I try to get a uh, Blake Snell, uh, unless it's too expensive. Turner for third base. Nothing's and, too expensive uh, for Steve Cohen, and I'm I'm starting to get the feeling like if this guy wanted to sign with the Mets, right? We talk about yeah. it all day. Steve Cohen is the richest owner. How he'd fit, he knows. His agent knows. Everybody that he's around, his advisors know. If he wanted to sign with the Mets, it could have been done already. Yeah, I know. I think he's just jacking the price up or whatever. Yeah, it seems like he's using the Mets. Like, okay, let's hear this serious offer. And I don't know how it hits the media if Andy Martino gets that information. And then it's like, oh, hey, hey, Yankees, will you match this? It's like, maybe, maybe, but maybe not. We we don't know what you're going to be. You're small. They project him as yeah, Tim yeah. Lincecum, but for 300 to 350 million dollars. What if what if what if he's a, you know, what if uh he just doesn't pitch well and then, you know, the right. would be if a waste he, of what, money. Look at Kodai Sanga. Look at how I mean, and Kodai yeah, had a yeah. decent year last year, but it took him months to adjust. Yeah. Uh, uh, real it's risky business. That, but, but, and and as far as the I uh, know the uh, Braves are all world team. The Mets had a they won 100 games the year before. Last year they had a bad year. They still have talent on the team, but they got to do the right thing. They they need more than one player. Real quick on the Knicks, you know, this is the first time in a long time that I really feel good about this team. I'm a huge Knicks fan. I've been rooting for them. I'm 62 years old. I I, I just barely remember the championship, but I they got a good team. Uh, they really do. They, you know, they yeah. can it, it sucks that Mitchell Robinson good. goes down, but that should motivate their GM, their president, to say, "Hey, we got to make yeah. a move now. We got to get another. We got to get another couple guys in here." Yeah, I, I like the bench uh, uh, and and the point guard. What's his name again? Uh, Jalen Brunson. He's the man. I tell you, he's really good. I mean, he's one of the best point guards in the NBA. I think they have a, a shot at because um, last year, remember, they took it. Uh, I was there. I was the at Game round. Five. Yeah. Yeah, so this team is better. Uh, they're getting better and better. I'm t- we don't know what's going to happen. They're, oh, they can't win a championship. I know one thing: if they do, if they play well enough, they can maybe make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But anyway, Keith, uh, thank you very much. You got a great show. I like, I love you. Thank you, Tom. Have a good holiday. Appreciate the call and the kind words. So going backwards, I mean, with the Jets, like this is why nobody takes you seriously. Why does Aaron Rodgers need to be on the 53-man roster? He can, it's Aaron Rodgers. He can be around. I, and I know there's rules and stuff, but it's like, man, to, to tell somebody like Nick Bowden, and I get it, he's a fullback. The fullback position is damn near extinct in the NFL. But to tell him, hey, man, you're off the 53-man roster, you're going to be on the practice squad, which that, that's a drop in pay. Your game checks are... More than your practice squad checks. I think by a lot, too. And I don't know Nick Bowden's contract or deal or whatever. But that's why I said, you know, jokingly, but not even jokingly, Aaron Rodgers is one of the richest players in NFL history. He should make sure that that, that guy doesn't lose any money. I want that story to come out next from Rich Samini or Zach Rosenblatt or Connor Hughes.
that like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Nick Bowden is, you know, they waived him. He's on the practice squad. It's not like he's going home completely uh, with no check this week. But, like, there is a drop in what you make playing in the game on the 53-man roster versus the practice squad. And Aaron Rodgers should absolutely send him that bread because they're playing a game. And they're also playing a wild game. In, in practice, anything can happen. I've seen guys get hurt in practice, really hurt. That just like it's football. I think we're playing. The fact that we are playing around with Aaron Rodgers like this after what happened this year, like like he's indestructible, is nuts to me. It's absolutely nuts. And they're talking about oh the excitement from August twenty twenty three. It'll be there next year. And then there's fans saying, well, he's got to get reps. He's got to start building chemistry again with the team. What? You should be trying to win games the rest of this year so that your record isn't as ugly as it is back-to-back years. You need to beat the commanders. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to take any reps. The reps should go all to Trevor Simeon and Brett Ripien, and if Zach gets out of concussion protocol, then he gets in there. I've never seen anything like this. Talk about self-centered, got to be the center of attention, make it all about me. Just can't let it go. This guy could fade to the background. You're a Hall of Famer. You don't need reps. Good grief. Chris is out in California. Chris, you're on the fan. Yo, what's good? You Man, know. I've been on a boat for so long. Yeah, I know. I've, uh-huh. you know. I had to talk some football to get to what your topic is. Yeah, you know what the topic is. It's the Eagles Giants week. Come on, man. Hey, when the Eagles get finished with you guys, your boy Tommy DeVito, he's going to be cooking at a pizzeria. Hey, what, what, when is uh, that dope boy Brian Dayball going to go back to his full-time job? When is, when is Jalen Hurts going to figure out how to play the quarterback hey. position? Hey, he, oh. When is, when is Jalen Hurts going to win a game? They're in a three-game losing streak. Hey, we're we're about to get back on track with the Giants. Oh yeah! Come on now, you coming? Yeah. You coming to the link? Give me a. You got hey. smacked by the Niners. You <laughs> lost to the Dallas Cowboys. You always hear Eagles get all up for the Cowboys week. You lost to Dallas, and then you pissed down your leg against the Seahawks. But now you get the Giants, so you want to puff your chest out. Now you get the Giants, and it's all oh, here we go. You were in the Super Bowl last year. You lost. Your quarterback was the runner-up to the MVP. You gave him the bag. He's trash can this year, turning the ball over. What was he doing throwing the ball down the field? When's he going to learn how to play the quarterback position and stop having guys just push his tush? All those touchdowns, he's about to break Cam Newton's rushing record for touchdowns. Yeah, from one-yard runs. And they're not even runs. He just leans forward, has two guys push his butt, brotherly shove. I'm so tired of the Eagles. So tired of these dirty birds and their fans. You're not winning a damn thing this year. And go ahead and take, take take Tommy DeVito and the Giants lightly, thinking it's sweet. I think the Eagles will beat them. But that doesn't mean that's going to propel the rest of your season and that all of a sudden you're going to be something. You should win the rest of the games. You got the Cardinals and the Giants. Don't lose one. Don't lose one. I'm on one. Don't call me up with that Jalen Hurts nonsense. You Eagles fans, something else, man. Growing up, I thought the Eagles would never win a Super Bowl. I used to always be like, you don't even have a ring. Nick Foles got you that now. He's playing pickleball. Keep McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. Oh. 
seed to give you what you need. I'm powering through, man. Two more hours to go. KM to 2 AM. Keith McPherson on the fan. Talking sports. 877-337-6666. We're talking Dante Cutlets, my Casamigos. Big shot of the night. Dante DiVincenzo, a.k.a. Delaware Jordan and the New York Knicks. Defeat the Nets tonight. Easily. Unfortunately, they lose Mitchell Robinson for the season. And, of course, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. When are we not? Aaron Rodgers just got to be on a 53-man roster. Yeah, it's good for his teammates. Please. Go, go out there and lose to the Commanders. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers can't help you. Go out there and lose to the Commanders. You can get dragged all week, focusing on the wrong things. And I'm gonna say it again. I don't know the the numbers and the logistics on Nick Bowden's contract. I know more about Nick Bowden's wife. She's a little baddie. That's a compliment. And I only know about her because after he, um, he scored that first TD. It went viral that she had a feud with um, one of the girls from the Jersey Shore. Remember that? You guys might not remember that. But, yeah, shout out to Nick Bowden and his wife, Alexis. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers does right by y'all and and sends you a a little Christmas gift since he just took your husband's spot on the 53-man roster. Go look up Alexis Bowden on, on Instagram. You'll see what I'm talking about. They have a kid, man. Now that I have a kid, you know, imagine somebody came in here. Imagine, uh, I don't know, imagine Mike Francesa came back and said, I want a time slot. Keith, get out of here this week. We're going to dock your pay. We're going to knock you down. I'm going to take your nighttime spot. <laughs> it's funny. It would never happen. Francesa somewhere doing his podcast in Florida, kicking it. But you know, you know what I mean, right? A Hall of Fame type guy that can't play just knocked an active player off the roster the week before Christmas. Now you're you're uh, on the practice squad. We don't need you to dress for the game. And Is Aaron Rodgers going to be dressed? Is he going to be suited up? So dumb. Be careful with the old man because it might not be an Achilles, right? You could roll an ankle out there. You could tear an ACL out there rushing an Achilles that's not 100%. But I know, he's a quarterback, so he's going to have the red jersey on. Nobody touch him. But accidents happen in practice. I think that's reckless, bro. I, I just don't – it, it doesn't make any damn sense to me. It's a morale thing. You won five games. The season's over. J-E-T-S. Just end the season. Aaron Rodgers is the song that doesn't end. And this Yamamoto sweepstakes doesn't end. We have now – Turn this kid into a three hundred to three hundred and fifty million dollar pitcher. We turn this guy into the pursuit of Garrett Cole. Are you crazy? Are you nuts? Can we get this over with already? Baseball has a serious problem with the whole winter and the off season and not being a deadline because not only is he holding up other guys like Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery from signing, and even like Bellinger, it's like because he's in with he's in with six seven different teams. Can this guy just make a decision already? You, I, I think in his heart of hearts, he knows where he wants to play. We heard early reports that he wanted to wear the pinstripes. But I think that he's got an agent that is in his ear saying, hey, we got to drive up the cost because what? The agent gets 10%. If they wanted to be with Steve Cohen in the Mets, they could have told him that face-to-face in Japan over French cuisine. They could have told him that 
this past weekend at his house. What are you waiting on? All right, now everybody submit your offers. And now, Steve Cohen, submit your serious offer. Not your JK offer, your serious one. I don't know, bros. 877-337-6666. That's pretty much the three uh, things we're talking about. Knicks, Nets, Aaron Rodgers just got to be the star. Got to be in the headlines. God, like, bro, you got to fall back. But all right. And, and like, that's what I'm talking about with karma, bro. Like, karma will kick your ass. And it did this year. And there's still some some more karma. Like, you're talking about next season, Rob Sala believes they can win a championship. We believe we can win a championship next year. You're not going to just jump from 13 years of missing the playoffs to a championship. These NFL teams are good. They're always trying to get better. And you've got a 40-year-old quarterback removed from the NFL for a year. We're talking about practice, not a game. We're talking about having Aaron Rodgers on the 53-man roster for practice. In the NFL, they say it takes all 53 guys on the roster to win a game. But there's only 52 of those guys actually healthy. Neil is in Middletown. What's up, Neil? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. I love your show. I called you a couple of times already about the wonderful Yankees. And, you know, even if we get the Yamamoto, we still need, you know, uh, another pitcher from – from Absolutely. my perspective, playoffs, we need three really good pitches to win. Yeah. And I don't trust Cortez or don't or even Clark is probably a five or four. We still need to do a plan B. And if we don't get them, I don't see how they're going to get two good pitches. But the Yankees track record has been horrible in getting pitchers or staying healthy or productive. Cole gave us 15 wins. Other pitchers even give double digit wins. So, you know, even Juan Soto is great. But these guys are not going to be great hitters in the playoffs where the pitching is even better than what's in the regular season. So I don't understand. Even, what even, before, even before we get to October, you need the depth. Cashman has traded away all of the Yankees' pitching depth over the last three years. Correct. Correct. He has. But, again, I think you can find uh, fourth and fifth and sixth starters. But where's the good third starter? Like, Blake Snell's out there. Yeah, but they need to win series. <laughs> they lost too many series last year. To win series... You can't have just any random scrub go out there as your fourth, fifth starter, right? It can't just be another yeah. year of, hey, Cole, be the stopper, save us. On cold day, we win. I mean, I don't know what Carlos Rodon is going to be, but I, I I wouldn't bet 50 cents on him bouncing back and having a, a year like he had. I think he's cooked, and I think he's a mental midget. I think there's something going on up there upstairs. And then with Nestor, that's my dog. I know Nestor's going to compete, but, like, you know, sometimes the league just has a the book on you. Sometimes they just figure you out. Sometimes Nestor was getting rocked because it's like he's not a power pitcher. He's got to kind of finesse. He's got to do the leg swing, timing, throw people off. Yeah. Um, Clark Schmidt had a good year, but it's not guaranteed he has another good year. Uh, they're right. talking about uh, uh, L- Luis Heal from two years ago. Luis Heal is going to be an option for the Yankees. I, I, <clears throat> I haven't watched as much Hot Stove as I would like, but Will Warren's name came up this week as a potential fifth starter for the Yankees. Who knows what he's going to be? You've traded away a ton of pitching. You still need to go get pitching. And I'll say this. There were rumblings of them trading for Dylan Cease. There's obviously conversation about anybody trading for Corbin Burns. If they miss out on Yamamoto, they got to make a trade to bring in another starter ASAP. You're absolutely right. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Actually, I can. Thanks for the call. I can wait. 
I can wait for I can wait for it. Let's see how the rest of this football season plays out. Let's see what happens with the puck and the hoops. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. Yamasoto. Don't believe the hype. King Cohen. Oh, Sal, my boy Sal. Sal hit the 180 today. I tell you guys, I I start my day listening to BT and Sal. We're about to break here and go to the update. <laughs> this thing has even got to Sal Licata. Sal Licata literally was talking about how they want and need Yamamoto. Absolutely have to get him. And now it's worn down Sal where he's like, we don't need this guy. He's not worth it. <laughs> Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take this break. Call me up. We'll be right back. 